Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hello, it's David McWilliams here. My podcast, The David McWilliams Podcast, aims to make economics simple, and it's currently been sponsored by Revolut, the one app for all things money. Now, money can seem complicated and confusing, but Revolut is here to change that. You can send, spend, and save money hassle-free. You can even spend abroad like locals at great rates. Download the app and sign up with just a few taps. Get three months of Revolut Premium for free if you use this link, revolut.com forward slash Dave McWilliams. Available in the UK, T's and C's apply. If you are listening to this episode, you are some of the first to become a Patreon supporter for our podcast. We appreciate this more than you know. This helps us keep the weekly episodes coming, and to thank you, this is the second of what will be at least bi-monthly Patreon-exclusive episodes. Maybe monthly in 2022. Fingers crossed. But this episode takes us to 1991 in regional South Australia. A family who was struggling financially are found dead inside their burnt-out home. The father is nowhere to be found. His car would be later found with his wife's blood inside, and a significant amount of drugs would be found hidden under the home. The father is never seen again, believed to be a fugitive on the run, evading police's capture for decades. However, the one surviving family member believes there is another scenario that would clear his father's name. This is the Pierce family's story. Police are appealing for your help to track down Australia's most wanted man. Stuart Pearce has been on the run since his wife and three of their children were found murdered in 1991. Police allege Pearce suffocated the victims inside their Parafield Gardens home before setting it on fire. Mr Pearce remains the, the sole suspect. Um, other people have been looked at, uh, investigated and ruled out. Detectives are currently investigating several reported sightings after last month releasing these computer-generated images showing what a now 56-year-old Pierce may look like today. The sightings have been throughout South Australia, interstate and states of Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland. The Pierce family were your average suburban family, living in 1990s regional South Australia. There was Dad, 33-year-old Stuart. Mum, 31-year-old Meredith, and their four children, 11-year-old Adam, 9-year-old Travis, 8-year-old Matthew, and 2-year-old Carrie. Together, the family lived in Parafield Gardens, South Australia. 
Now, this area is questionable at best, and this is being nice. During the 1990s, Parafield Gardens was a poor area. Low-income families who were either in medial work or unemployed. There was a decent amount of violent crime, and given what's to come and the casual link between the two, it's fair to assume there may have been a drug problem in the area as well. According to family and friends, Stuart and Meredith had a loving and passionate relationship, even after more than a decade together. Although Stuart was the dominant one in the relationship, Meredith was more quietly spoken and eager to make people happy, whilst Stuart was confident and outspoken. But they seemed happy in their roles in the relationship. Now, of course, there were arguments, but these were only about the normal stuff that everyone fights about in every relationship, like finances and children, and Stuart spending too much time at the pub with his mates. The couple were feeling a financial strain, though, and this seemed to be the main cause of their arguments in 1990. Stuart had lost his job as a car salesman, and the family was struggling to make ends meet. To help with the household expenses, Stuart's best friend, Gary Austin, moved into the unit in the backyard. And Meredith's sister, Linda, got her a job at the BP petrol station in the neighbouring suburb of Wingfield. Meredith loved this because it meant that her and her sister got to see each other every day. Linda would even pick up Meredith to drive her to work as Meredith did not have a driver's licence. It wasn't long before Stuart also started working there on the night shift, and things got easier for the family for a while. Unfortunately, this feeling of relief would not last long. Only months later, Gary suicided in the unit in the backyard. Some say that Stuart never recovered from this and was not the same again. Then one day in late 1990, a regular customer to the petrol station, who was also a psychic, came in during Linda and Meredith's shift. He offered to read their cards for them, to which they excitedly agreed. He predicted that Linda was going to win the lottery, but when he read Meredith's card, his response was much more ominous. He said that unless she changed an aspect of her lifestyle, she would be dead within the year. Now, Meredith just laughed this off, and Linda did not think much about it either. Now, for the record, Linda did have a win in the lottery three months later. She won $3,000 in the South Australian ex-lotto. January 5th, 1991. Linda dropped Meredith off at her Jackson Street home after they finished their shift together. The family were down one child that night, as eight-year-old Matthew was having a sleepover at his friend's home. Meredith cooked dinner for her family and Stuart went to get ready for his night shift. At 9pm, Meredith called Linda to catch up on the evening's events. This was not unusual as the two would speak most nights, and this call was no different from the typical catch-up call. Linda would later report there was nothing particularly outstanding about the phone call, and Meredith appeared to be in good spirits during the 10-minute call. What we know for sure after this point, well, there isn't much. 
We know that Stuart left for work most likely around 11.30pm. He was at work for the entirety of his shift, finishing work at 6.30am, January 6, 1991. And 27 short minutes later, the sound of the fire department sirens could be heard rushing towards the Jackson Street home of the Pierce family. The fire was reported just after 7am. Linda would later state in media interviews that she heard on a radio news report about a house fire. She said her heart sank and she had a feeling it was Meredith's home. First responders to the scene discovered the Pierce family home badly burnt, but it was what they found inside that would stick with even the most seasoned investigator for the rest of their careers. Meredith would be found in the main bedroom. She was tied to a chair with a towel pushed into her mouth, most likely to muffle any cries for help. She had been strangled with some sort of electrical cord. 11-year-old Adam, 9-year-old Travis and 2-year-old Carrie were found in their bedrooms. Each child had been suffocated with plastic bags over their heads. All had died before the house was set alight with petrol. Stuart Pearce was nowhere to be found, and there was no evidence to suggest he even made it back home after his shift, although there was no evidence that he didn't either. But there was evidence that the home had an unsuccessful attempt of arson prior to the one that alerted the authorities. Forensic examiners found gas bottles placed strategically within the home, and an earlier fire was set, but an expected explosion did not eventuate. Interestingly, what police found under the home gave them a possible motive for the crimes. In a bunker under the burnt-out home, 25 cannabis plants were found. Were drugs involved in the murders, either due to money owed or a drug deal gone wrong? Or were the pierces simply mixed up with the wrong people? Given there was no evidence of anyone else being in the home that night, there were no foreign fingerprints and no DNA. There was no sign of a break-in or a struggle. Add on to that a missing Stuart, he became the police's one and only suspect. The focus became on finding Stuart to bring him in for questioning. Hi, it's Jamie from My Dad Wrote a Porno here, and we're currently being sponsored by Revolu, the app for all things money. It's used by over 20 million people all over the world, and it helps you to control every aspect of your finances. One of my favourite features is that it makes your money borderless with their multi-currency card, so you can spend like a local on holiday with great exchange rates and low or no fees, depending on your plan. Just download the app and sign up in a few taps. And to get three months of Revolu Premium for free, use our link, revolu.com slash my dad. That's R-E-V-O-L-U-T dot com slash my dad. Available in the UK, T's and C's apply. Police did not have to wait long before their first lead into Stuart's whereabouts surfaced. Stuart's Datsun 240K motor vehicle was found abandoned at the Kilkenny Shopping Centre, a 14-minute drive from his Parafield Gardens home. Blood was found in the trunk and on the door trim, which was immediately sent for forensic testing. 
This discovery led to a change in the investigation. Stewart's car found with blood and no Stewart, was he also killed? Stewart's brother-in-law, Wayne Leslie Maynard, became a new person of interest. Maynard lived in Kilkenny and had prior convictions for violent crimes, including spending six years in jail after killing his parents in their Mount Gambia home in 1985. He would later be found not guilty by reason of insanity on appeal. But Maynard supplied an airtight alibi for the night of the murders and was cleared of suspicion. And then the blood results came back as not belonging to Stuart, but a conclusive match for Meredith, leading investigators to believe it was likely her blood was on Stuart and he transferred it to the car. Stuart again was back on top of their suspect list. Police theorised that Stuart left the car in Kilkenny to divert the suspicion from him and onto his brother-in-law, which did work for a time, but it seems possibly he got messy leaving the DNA evidence of his wife. Well, that's if you wish to subscribe to the theory that Stuart killed his family, but more on that later. Again, another note of interest that did support the police's theory of drugs being involved in the murders. In Stewart's Datsun, they found several bags of cannabis ready for sale in the console. There have been several sightings of Stuart Pierce all over the world in the decades since the murder of his family. All have been unconfirmed due to the lack of security footage at the time of the sightings. It is believed he hid in his hometown of Mount Gambia, which is 450 kilometres or 280 miles from Parafield Gardens. There were multiple sightings from locals here, and it is believed he held refuge with relatives throughout 1991 there. Other unconfirmed sightings have Stuart in remote towns in Western Australia in late 1991 and early 1992 with the last reported sighting at the Knox Shopping Centre in Melbourne in June 1997. To date, most of these sightings have been proved to be false. These mistaken identities were found, and they were able to prove who they really were. But that makes it almost 15 years since the last, even unconfirmed, sighting of Stuart Pearce. Sergeant Bob Sharp said about the likelihood of Stuart being alive after so long, quote, It would be very difficult for someone to live off the grid for this length of time. We have his fingerprints plus a DNA profile. He's a subject of an Interpol red notice, but he hasn't come to our attention, unquote. The theories in this case go one of two ways that Stuart was responsible for the murders of his family and he wasn't, that he potentially was a victim himself. A significant majority of the information out there heavily supports that Stuart was the murderer, and honestly, I struggle to see it happening any other way. Those who believe Stuart was innocent, and those include the only surviving member of the Pierce family, Matthew. In 2002, Matthew told the Advisor newspaper that he believed his father to be innocent and he was now dead, murdered by whoever killed his family, that the killers did not know Stuart wouldn't be home 
or used that time to try to get information from Meredith. And when she wouldn't crack, the family were murdered. That 27 minutes wasn't enough time for Stuart to drive home, murder his family and burn his house down. The issue I have with this is, we know there was an attempt to set the house on fire earlier. We know the family were murdered prior to the fire taking place. So it is very plausible that Stuart killed his family prior to leaving for work and then set the gas bottles out so he would be at work when it all went down. But then it didn't work. So he had to go back, set the fire, and then in a panic, he fled. Or maybe that was always the plan. That's why he did go to work first. I know if I was planning to murder my family and set my house on fire, and if my partner ever hears this, never would I do that. But there was no way I would go to work just before leaving, especially knowing if the fire happened when I was at work, I would be easily found by the police very quickly with, as we know, obvious blood evidence in the car. And that's what points that grain of doubt in my head. Why did he go to work? Why not just keep trying with the fire and then leave? Call in sick to work if that was a time issue. I don't get that, because what if the family was discovered before you got home? Again, he is caught. We all know there are dumb criminals out there, but this, I can't let go of it. What if the Pierce family were alive when Stuart left for his shift that night? And what if, whoever nefarious Stuart was involved with, with the drugs, and Matthew is right, they turn up at the house that night, tie Meredith up and threaten her. She doesn't tell them the information she knows, or doesn't tell them where the money is or where the drugs are, whatever the reason they were there that night, and they kill her. And then they murder the kids too because they saw what happened to their mother or as a warning to Stuart or even to frame him. And then they set the house on fire and being seasoned criminals, they know not to leave trace evidence behind. And then Stuart gets home from work and the house is on fire. He runs inside to save his family and realises they are dead. He hugs his bloody wife, getting blood transferred onto him, knowing he is fucked if he's caught there, and knowing whoever killed his family would kill him next, he flees. And sometime in the months or years since then, they catch up with him and kill him too. Because he knows too much now, and they know if Stuart is dead, they get away with murder. Seems like a plot for some Hollywood blockbuster, and there are gaping holes in the plot. But I'm not a movie scriptwriter, and as we know, the most logical explanation is generally the most likely outcome. To me, there is no other logical way than Stuart killing his family. And then when the fire didn't work the first time, he returned to finish the job. Unfortunately, the tragic murders of his family and disappearance of his father took its toll on Matthew Pierce. Matthew would join an illegal biker gang and would serve two lengthy prison sentences for dealing methamphetamines. He remained steadfast that his father died an innocent man. However, to the time of this recording, Stuart Pierce remains South Australia's most wanted man 
and an arrest warrant for four counts of murder is still valid. Stuart Pearce was 33 years old at the time of his disappearance. He was 177 centimetres tall, or 5 foot 8, and of medium build with brown hair and blue eyes. Stuart was last seen wearing a beige-coloured uniform with the BP logo on it. He had two distinctive tattoos of a cross with a red and green rose over it on his lower left leg, and on his upper right arm, a tattoo of a naked woman with a rose on her back. But his missing persons profile does make the point that these tattoos may have since been altered or removed in the decades that have since passed. If Stuart Pearce is still alive today, he would be 63 years old. There is currently a $1 million reward for information leading to Stuart's apprehension. If you have any information regarding the whereabouts of Stuart Pearce, please contact Crime Stoppers on 1800 Hi, it's Jamie from My Dad Wrote a Porno here, and we're currently being sponsored by Revolu, the app for all things money. It's used by over 20 million people all over the world, and it helps you to control every aspect of your finances. One of my favourite features is that it makes your money borderless with their multi-currency card, so you can spend like a local on holiday with great exchange rates and low or no fees, depending on your plan. Just download the app and sign up in a few taps. And to get three months of Revolu Premium for free, use our link, revolu.com slash my dad. That's R-E-V-O-L-U-T dot com slash my dad. Available in the UK, T's and C's apply. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.